The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him, in every generation, he has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be. Mary set out in haste, we hear in our gospel reading, to the hill country. She set out in haste to go higher. What a remarkable image that is that our gospel reading presents us today. On the one hand, we have the story of her visiting her cousin Elizabeth, and it is Jesus who is enclosed, hidden within her gloriously, marvelously alive, but not visible to the eye of the body, and yet present. And as Mary moves, as Mary arrives, so too does Jesus. But what we celebrate today is something in addition to that, something absolutely marvelous. Because today we celebrate another going up of Our Lady. Because the simple truth of the matter is Our Lady is always moving upward with a certain haste. Her spirit always elevated. Her heart always seeking after the things of heaven. 
She who encloses the Lord within her allows his presence to lift her spirit ever higher with each and every moment of her living. And so it is understandable then that as she gives over her spirit at the moment of her resting in the sleep of death, she rises. Born upward on the wings and the hands of angels and the love of Christ her Son. And we see something beautiful here. She who bore him within her, in all truth, in all of her life, had been born by him. His love enfolding her. His goodness always surrounding her. His word, his presence, his will the object of her mind. And so it is now that she rises. And imagine this. You who have heard the joy of Elizabeth and the joy of unborn John the Baptist leaping in the womb of his mother at the arrival of the virgin and the son she carries. But imagine now, on this day, she who ascends now with the swiftness of Christ to heaven itself. She, who arrives not as a mere visitor, but now as one who resides. And as the doors of heaven open to Our Lady, and the sound of her greeting fills heaven, imagine the joy in the hearts of the angels. Imagine the wonderment in the hearts of the angels. And then go further. Imagine the wonderment of Abraham, the wonderment of Isaiah the prophet and David the king. Imagine the wonderment of James the apostle who knew her on this earth but now for the first time sees her in her full and truly glorious reality. If Elizabeth, and John the Baptist rejoiced so much. How much leaping for joy is there in heaven as she arrives? That moment when Adam and Eve look out in wonderment because she has arrived, and they see in her their beautiful daughter born distant ages after them, who is also their mother, because she is the one through whom their son, who is their savior, came to the world. How absolutely remarkable. This moment of Our Lady's assumption into glory. The joy of this day is not merely our joy. It is not merely the joy of those of us who dwell on this earth to see our mother, our sister, our queen, so gloriously received on this day. Heaven itself delights. How absolutely marvelous. And that should not surprise us. When the early church was trying to sort through what it meant to say that we are saved, and there were questions about 
Did Jesus take on everything about our human nature in his incarnation? The answer that the church settled on is this. Whatever the Lord didn't assume, didn't take to himself, wasn't saved. And expressing it that way, what the church was saying is everything about what it means to be human. Jesus makes his own. Not just our favorite parts of what it is to be human, but including as well the fact that our bodies break down, that we get sick, that we get wounded and disappointed. All of those things that we would rather ignore, avoid, or wish on anybody else but us, the Lord takes to himself. Note how completely the Lord embraces us. And now look at Mary. Because it is not simply a matter that she is the vessel within which he grew. No, hers is the life that surrendered itself completely into his service. Nothing about Our Lady is held back from Christ. Everything about Our Lady is at the service of the Lord. Everything about Our Lady, in a certain sense, is gloriously assumed into His mission, into His goodness, into His mercy. Should it surprise us then by any stretch of the imagination? that the church from the beginning has insisted she is assumed completely, fully redeemed, body and soul into the glory of heaven. Because she has always been completely his. How glorious that is. And so the church celebrates this feast and in doing so, places this mystery before us at the height of the summer with those words that we hear from the book of Revelation in mind. Behold, I saw a great sign in the sky. To see a sign in the sky, where do you have to look? Up, right? That wasn't a trick question. <laughs> but how much of our day do we spend not looking up? On this day, the church says, oh, you've got to look up. You see the sign by looking up. Note how important that is. Our Lady lived a life of looking up. She set out in haste to the hill country. Her heart lifted itself above the things of the world. Not because they were unimportant, but because she could only see their true importance by looking up. By seeing them in the light of heaven. And so note now the church says to all of us, look up, because where she is, that's where we're promised to be. Where she has gone before us, that is where we are called to be. But we lose our way so easily because we are always looking down. We look into all of those things that don't work. We look into all of those realities that upset and frighten us. 
And as much as we don't like them, we can't seem to look away from them. And so the church says, today, we look up. And in looking up, we see the light of this woman, clothed with the sun, clothed with the glory of her son, crowned with stars, reigning as queen and as mother, carrying within her the presence of the Savior and carrying within her the members of his body whom she longs to conduct to the glory that she has been given in this mystery. What a remarkably beautiful reality that is. Look up. In fact, this reading from Revelation is the echo of something we hear earlier in the scriptures. In chapter 7 of the book of Isaiah, the Lord sends the prophet Isaiah to the king Ahaz, who's troubled. And the message is, ask for a sign and let it be as deep as the earth or as high as the sky, and I will give it to you. And the king looked at the prophet and said, Oh, far be it from me to ask for anything. And in speaking that way, the unfaithful king gives voice to the attitude of our hearts. On the one hand, we say we want more. On the one hand, we say we want what is really great. But when greatness comes, what do we say? Oh, I'm so not ready. I'm so not ready for that. And the Lord then says through the prophet, well, then I'm going to give you a sign anyway. The sign, as high as the sky, as deep as the earth, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. And what do we hear in the book of Revelation? I saw a sign in the sky, literally as high as the sky. Note the announcement that this has indeed happened. This is indeed reality. The virgin has conceived, bore a son. He has been victorious. And to know his victory, we're given the sign once again of the woman. How absolutely remarkable. On this day, the church looks up to see that great sign that sign in which the church sees its true face. Where our sister has gone, we are promised to be. Note how marvelous that is. And the salvation we look for is not simply some abstract sense of being with the Lord in heaven. You ever notice how boring our language of heaven really is? We have all these images of like clouds and harps and angels. And let's be honest, none of that really catches the imagination. None of that produces great desire within us. But think about this. Think of your life. Think of its woundedness, but think of its goodness. And consider this. Our salvation is so great that nothing of the goodness of your life is a thing that the Lord wants to lose. Nothing. Imagine that. Imagine that. 
Our Lady assumed gloriously into heaven. And what does that mean? Every loving touch she gave her son when she cared for him is likewise in heaven. You mothers, consider that. Our Lady is assumed into heaven. Every joyful note of the voice of greeting that she gave to another person, oh, that's up there too. Imagine that. Our Lady is gloriously assumed into heaven. And that little smile at the end of the day that she shared with Joseph, her husband, that's there too. That's there too. Note how marvelous this is and how great this sign really is and what we learn from it. It took a long time for the church to formally declare the dogma of the Assumption of Our Lady, but it was the faith of the church from very early on. Not long after Christianity settled into regular practice, the tradition of marking this day was already in place. But the Holy Father waited and across the centuries, the church waited until 1950. And at that moment, Pope Pius XII looked out at the world and said, now is the time for us to proclaim and announce the sign. Not simply to Catholics. The dogma was proclaimed, directed to all humanity. Because in 1950, the world was still trying to come to terms with the horrors of the Second World War and the terrible loss of life by the millions. In 1950, a large part of the world was groaning under the weight and the boot of atheistic communism which held that human life has value only to the extent that it is useful to the state and the collective. Another part of the world had embraced a false and licentious freedom that said the value of human life is determined by material pleasure and material possessions and the accumulation of wealth. And a large part of the world simply groaned in poverty. And looking out at this, at a world that had forgotten how to look up, at a world that was losing a sense of what the real dignity and value of human life is, the Holy Father discerned that the word that must be spoken is the sign of the Lady. The woman clothed with the sun, our sister, made glorious in heaven as a reminder that life, whatever its age, whatever its health, whatever its wealth, whatever degree of social status it has, doesn't just have value. 
It has an intrinsic greatness about it. Oh, it's so easy to forget that. It's so easy to believe the least about ourselves. It's so easy to settle for less. It's so easy to stop looking for real goodness and settle for something easier to get a hold of that doesn't last. Note how marvelous that is. And so our sister, shining brightly in the glory of heaven. And the beautiful thing about this is that Our Lady isn't simply a sign that we look at. Our Lady is never passive. Rather, enthroned at the side of her son, she remains a mother and is a good mother indifferent to her children. No, right? And I'm assuming you're a very good mother. So you pay attention to your children, right? Our Lady is the very best of all mothers. She doesn't sit in glorious indifference, looking down, wondering about us. Imagine that. Gloriously enthroned on heaven, looking out upon this earth with a mother's eye for every one of you. And a mother's concern for every one of you. And a mother's active love for every one of you. Asking her son, that you receive the graces you most need. Our Lady doesn't have to be reminded to look to us. She does that. But as, if we're all honest growing up, every now and then we've taken our mothers for granted, haven't we? Every now and then we forget about one another. And so on this day the church says, oh, look up. Look up and see her, your queen, your mother. See her greatness. See her goodness. See how the life of Christ reaches out to you through her. And as you look up, as you look up, open your ears. Because on this day, on this day, the church looking up to her also rejoices to hear the sound of her greeting in the ear of its heart, in the ear of my heart, and the ear of your heart. And note what happened. At the sound of her greeting, the Spirit of God came upon Elizabeth. At the sound of her greeting, great rejoicing happened. At the sound of her greeting, the presence of Christ announced himself and the life that was growing within Elizabeth rejoiced. Hear that greeting. Hear her voice as you turn to her. And on this day, regardless of what afflicts you, on this day, regardless of what you struggle with, that'll be there tomorrow. I wish I could say no. But those things are always with us. So is she. On this day, look up, see her, know her, and let her greet you.
Let her greet you with that greeting that brings the presence of Christ. How absolutely marvelous that would be. And how good it is that we can reflect on that because in just a few minutes, he who comes to us, the son of the Virgin Mary, is going to be here on this altar at the foot of the rock of Our Lady. And notice how marvelous it is. We look up and we see a sign. And as we look, our attention is brought here where we will see a lot more than a sign. Not with the eye of the body, but with the eye of faith. Jesus Christ, great and powerful, as much this day as he was 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, the son of the Virgin Mary is going to be here. And we who gather at Our Lady Shrine will come forward in this holy place and stretch out our hands and receive him who came into the world through Mary, with Mary, in Mary, and by Mary. And we'll receive him. And note how even today the grace and the goodness and the fullness of Christ still come to us through Our Lady. And with Our Lady, then, we can receive Him. We can know Him. We can love Him. Ask her then, as you hold your Lord within you, for that great grace of learning how to keep your heart lifted up, looking to Him at all times, in all places, and in all things. Amen.